Hey guys, welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast. We are glad you joined us today. Good afternoon, everybody. We are happy that y'all tuned in with us. What are we talking today, Miss Morgan? We are going to talk about ways that you can affair-proof your marriage. Hey, I'm excited about this. This is going to be a good topic. We are big Jack Johnson fans, and we like uh, that song. Uh, good song about marriage. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, we are uh, committed to podcasting on Wednesdays uh, on a regular basis. We've got some stuff coming up that we want to tell you about that we're excited about on the schedule. Um, today we're talking uh, how to affair-proof your marriage. Uh, coming up next week. How often should we be having sex? What's average? Uh, what's normal? What can you expect, not expect? We're going to talk the following week about rebuilding trust that's been lost. Um, I'm excited about July 1st. What's on July 1st? Don't be single in public. Don't be single in public. Okay. Yeah. Um, be happily married. There you go. And... Uh, you know, sometimes we're bad about uh, acting single in, in public. I've tried over about the last 10 years to uh, hold hands in public. Uh, when we walk into the store together, not to walk 10 foot in front of you. We're going to talk about some of that, but I'm excited about that. Okay, I see where now we're going. Now you see now. we're connected see on that. Where we're going you know, we're going to talk about emotional connections, um, no money, no date night, or no money, and you can still have a date night. So we got a bunch of stuff coming up that we're excited about. It's going to be good, that but today good. we're talking temptation, avoiding temptation, and affair-proofing your marriage, doing some things, some specific things that is healthy for your marriage that you should be doing. I'm reminded of something that a very wise, good person said by the name of Jesus in Matthew chapter 26. He said, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Uh, very good verse because I don't want to, we don't want to do anything that is going to cause us to to fall into temptation. And so we kind of have to be on the lookout for some things. That is true. Uh, Satan would love to do nothing more than to wreck each and every one of our marriages. That would make him extremely happy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess the Bible says he came to steal, kill, and destroy, and mm -hmm. he would love to steal our joy and kill our marriage and relationships, and and uh, I don't want none of that. So That's we're right. going to work hard on this. So let's let's talk about some things. Um, let's talk about some things that we can do to affair-proof our marriage. It's good for our marriage. Some of these are some things we've talked about, but mm -hmm. we'll take them from a little bit different standpoint. But uh, let's talk about some things that will be healthy for your marriage that will help you to affair-proof your marriage. So, uh, number one, take off. What do you got off the top of your head? So, we talk about dating all the time, and you may be sick of hearing us talk about it, but we're going to keep talking about it because it is important for your marriage. So, if you're not dating on a regular basis, we really, really want to encourage you to start. And pick a knot that's good for you, put it on the calendar just like you would any other appointment, and stick to it. Yeah. Don't do the, 
I don't care what do you want to do thing. Uh, if you fall into that, then y'all take turns planning the dates. One week, let's have the guy plan it. He'll pick the place where you're going and what you're doing. The next week, wives can plan it. But uh, man, when you're dating, dating is fuel for your marriage. And you dated pre-marriage, you should be dating after your marriage. That shouldn't end just because kids have come or because he has said I do or she has said I do. Dating is essential to That's the right. health of your marriage. And, and we've said this before, you know, it can be uh, a simple lunch date. If that's all you can manage um, while the kids are otherwise occupied, then go on a lunch date. But you, you've got to be doing something uh, in your marriage that you consider a date that's just the two of you where you can have fun and you can uh, have some face-to-face -face communication. Yeah, go play some putt-putt golf, go bowling, uh, go ride bikes. Any of those things would be good. And, and always a plus or a bonus is if you can get away for an overnight date. Uh, that is extremely healthy, especially if you have kids. Being able to get away for an overnight date um, to go somewhere, catch a hotel room where you have some alone time, you can have some intimacy. Um, that is just reconnect as husband yeah, and wife. I think I think overnight trips, weekend trips, uh, have been some of the healthiest things uh, that we've done in our marriage. Yeah, that is exactly right. Very good stuff. Okay, another thing. Let's we don't, we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, one of the things that we think is harmful to marriage and one of the things that uh, uh, probably needs to stop is pornography. Um, Not probably needs to stop. It definitely needs definitely to stop. Definitely needs to stop. That's yes. exactly right. Uh, if you want to, uh, you go, what does that have to do with affair, affairs and, and stuff? There is so much unhealthy comparison in pornography to real life. Um, whether it is unhealthy comparisons physically, the way our bodies look, the shape of our bodies, uh, the things we wear uh, to bed, whatever it is, um, and not just physically, but also sexually. Sometimes things are just blown out of proportion sexually, and, and it gets you to watching things or thinking about things or reading things. It's not always visual. Sometimes you can read pornography. And it gets you to thinking, well, why aren't we doing this, or why can't we do this, or why is it not as good for us as it is as this thing that's not real taking place on the screen? And so uh, that needs to stop. That that is going to do more damage than it would ever do good. And sometimes we hear people go, well, well, what what would it hurt? It it will hurt. So uh, stop the pornography. Yeah, and and there have been a lot of studies done on you know how pornography almost rewires your brain when it comes to uh, to sex and the way you think about sex and perform and, and everything else. So um, we won't go into that today, but um, not only is it is it harmful, uh, the comparisons and, and blowing things out of proportion and unrealistic, but it is it really is is like having a mental affair, um, I think. Yeah, so. it's it's like uh, mentally thinking. I wish I was there, or I wish I was a part of that. And and you can have uh, sometime we we probably should talk about the differences in uh, affairs, uh, physical affairs, emotional affairs, where you're uh, texting someone of the opposite sex that maybe you're hiding from your spouse. Mental affairs mm -hmm. to where you're doing things, thinking things, and wishing your spouse was someone else. Mm -hmm. And all those things are extremely unhealthy. And if you want to affair-proof your marriage, uh, pornography 
needs to be far, far away from anything you're a part of. It does. And if it's something you struggle with, then we encourage you to seek help because there are a lot of good resources out there available for you. Yep. It's hurting your marriage. Yes. Uh, another thing to do uh, to affair-proof your marriage is to share common interests. Uh, married couples should be best friends. Uh, they should enjoy doing things together. Uh, they should enjoy hanging out, finding things to do together. And sometimes we know work schedules can keep you from doing that. Sometimes when you got a husband and wife that are both working different jobs and going different directions, uh, you, you have to struggle to really find, hey, let's do this. We both love bowling or we both love putt-putt. Uh, we mentioned those things earlier. Or we both love garage selling or, or whatever it is. Yeah, working out in the, in the flower beds. Or, we did that this morning. You know, yeah, just, just find something that you can share and do together. That Common will, interests. Yeah, um, it, it helps with your conversations, gives you something to talk about, um, things to look forward to. So, yeah, it's really important for your marriage. Yeah, friendship. Friendship is one of the keys to a long marriage. Uh, initiate affection. That is a, a way to affair-proof your marriage, and this is really important. Uh, and we're talking affection here in the way of just common affection, holding hands, hugging, kissing. Uh, be affectionate with your spouse. That is a healthy thing to do. Enjoy that. Um, when you're affectionate with your spouse, that that shows that you're more than just someone that's living in a house with you, that there's also a connection there uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, intimately. Be affectionate with your spouse and uh Different people like affection different ways. Some people like, you know, uh, being told I love you every day or text it to your spouse. Um, I, I, I Driving home yesterday from somewhere, my uh, Lee grabbed me by the, just kind of by the arm and, and rubbed on my arm and gave me some pats. And, you know, I, physical touch is important to me. And I just remember sitting there thinking, man, that, that felt great. Um, and so do well to initiate affection with one another. Um, that's just a healthy thing to do. When your spouse comes in, give them a hug, give them a kiss, ask them about their day. Yeah, especially if touch is one of their love languages. Um, man, you need to be going above and beyond probably what you would think is, is normal because I'm not a touchy-feely person and, and it's not at the top of my list, but I still need it and like it. And, um... You gave an example. Um, I I like it when I'm in there maybe doing dishes or cooking supper and you come up and, and hug me, you know, and, and kiss on my neck a little bit. and Swatch um, you on the rear? Yeah. Can well. we say that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, yeah, those kinds of things. So. Yeah, that's that's healthy. That just means you're, you're more than just somebody living in the house with you. Um, another way to affair-proof your marriage is... Be intimate on a regular basis or have sex regularly. Or if we can put it in the negative form for a second, it's, it's not healthy for your marriage to constantly be shooting your spouse down if they're asking for sex. So, so make, we say it in our workshop, say yes to sex more than you say no. Uh, that is a healthy way to do it. And uh, generally, I don't know why God does it, but uh, nine times out of ten in most marriages, one spouse is going to have a higher sex drive than the other. And uh, those two spouses, husband and wife, should come together, whether it's a husband or a wife, should come together and kind of agree on some middle ground. 
Um, we personally don't feel like the person with the lowest sex drive should be the, what's a good word for that? The gatekeeper of the, how often and frequency takes place. It yeah. ought to be a mutual, you know, uh, I would love five times a week and he says, uh, I'd love two times a week. So meet in the middle at three or something. Um, and so that's, that's just healthy. Um, in that, one of the things you can do is, uh, we talked about, it's healthy to kind of develop signals, if you want to call it that, where you can, you know, let your spouse know that uh, you're in the mood that, you know, and you may want to do this early in the day. And, and we talk about that often. It's, it's a good idea to, uh, especially if you're a guy, to let your wife, you know, kind of know early in the day that this would be a great, great day, you know, to be intimate. And then that gives her plenty of time to prepare mentally, to not be so tired when she goes to bed or whatever. Um, but we have different signals. I mean, we sure. we uh, we have kind of a little dimmer switch on some lights in our room, and sometimes a couple hours before you before bed, you'll go, you know, turn that light. You walk in and you <laughs> go, what's and that light and on it's for? Like, oh, and it's the like, light's on oh. dim. I know what that means. Um, we do silly things every once in a while, like if we have a package of M&Ms, uh, Trey might get, a, you know, a green one out and put it on my pillow. And, and for those of you who don't know, I, we grew up in a time where we were we we jokingly were told that green M and M's were kind of an aphrodisiac, and so um, that was always a joke or a signal that we used to, with sharing some of those. Um, you may have keywords that you use with each other, you know, like um, let's go take a nap. Uh, you know, if you have small kids, you, you may know. What that means that may be your your keywords that you what was use. a phrase we used the other day uh, sex and tex-mex should be about every three days it would make <laughs> us happy or something along those lines yeah uh and i think then then for a couple of weeks it was like i could really use some tex-mex today yeah so yeah that's healthy so so be intimate on a regular basis um, another thing you can do is do some things that your spouse thinks is romantic. And most likely, um, what you think is romantic and what your spouse think is romantic is probably, probably two different things. Um, oftentimes, men and women have a different idea of what romance is. But uh, if you can do some things that your spouse thinks is romantic, uh, oftentimes... Um, Lee thinks things, to me, romance is something that's going to be leading up to sex, uh, flirting, um, something along that, that, you know, a hug that becomes a really long hug, uh, something along those lines of affection. And to Lee, uh, it may not be, it may not be anything physical at all. It may be, uh, helping unload a dishwasher or doing a, a chore. Her love language is acts of service. And so things that are romantic to her aren't always uh, things uh, to your wife that may, you may not, not know or that's romantic. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it, it is important to know your spouse's love language because a lot of times whatever their love language is is going to directly correspond with things they think is romantic. Um, you know, back rubs. If, if their love language is touched, then they may think that, mm -hmm. you know, a back rub is really romantic. Um, if their love language is... Uh, gifts yeah gifts they may they may love it if when you bring in some some flowers or you know bubble bath and candles or, yeah. or stuff like Favorite that candy so bar. yeah um so know your spouse's love language that's yeah. super important 
Uh, I woke up to... Power on. There we go. Uh, we're still here. Uh, I woke up to that. I, I guess I guess you always learn. One of the best things you can do is just ask your spouse what is romantic. And I've told you all before the story of driving down the road and looking over at my wife and saying, uh, give me three or four things I do that you consider to be really romantic. And I was expecting, you know, these, you know, sexual things. And top of the list, she spurted out... Uh, uh, when you fill up my car with gas, and I was just blown away, and and I think my my response to that was that doesn't have anything to do with sex at all, <laughs> and your response was oh but it does oh but it does so so learn to romance your spouse in their way, uh, meet one another's needs. Uh, if your spouse has a need for conversation, it's really important that you uh, talk with them. We'll talk more about that in a second, but. Uh, uh, whatever your spouse's needs are in this world should should be important to you, even if they're not your needs. Um, if if your spouse needs conversation, give conversation. You don't have to understand why your spouse needs that. If it's affection, uh, be willing to be affectionate. But uh, meet your spouse's needs. That's just really healthy for marriages. Dr. Willard Harley's really good with a book on that called His Needs, Her Needs. Yes. Really good on that. Great book. If you have no clue what your spouse's needs might be, you might want to grab that book. There you go. Do the yeah. do the test together. Uh, spend time talking. This is huge. Um, and this can encompass so many things like uh, openness and honesty, which we've talked about. Um, talk a little bit more about that, why, why that's important. Well, you know, it's just, it's important to talk, period. I mean, when you're, when when you ask me how was my day and I say it was good and what did you do today and I say nothing, well, you know very well I've done something. That's right. And so you, you kind of want to know what my day was like because that's important to you. Yeah, and it's I'm, important to, for me to know what you did so sure. I can feel like I'm a part of it. I'm, I'm also maybe wanting a little bit of just conversation. Yeah, just some, just some details. And so talking and communication, you, you fell in love because you communicated. Uh, and, and really we remain in love for the same reason, because we talk. You, you, you didn't fall in love because they were beautiful or handsome. You fell in love when you started talking. And, and talking needs to be a part of your relationship still. Um, one of the things that you need to do in talking is be open and honest about stuff. Don't hide stuff. Don't, don't withhold information that your spouse needs. Um, that's, that's unhealthy. Uh, when, when I'm open and honest, uh, when you're open and honest, we're open and honest about everything from friendships of the opposite sex. We don't, we don't hide things about that. We don't hide cell phone stuff from one another. Uh, we're open and honest in that. Uh, pretty much if, if there's anything in your marriage that you're having to sneak around to do, delete, hide, uh, so that you're not caught, it's something you don't need to be doing. And, um, Best thing you can do is always just be open and honest with your spouse. Sometimes we'll we'll need to do a podcast on being naked with your spouse. And I know we brought yep. that up, but yep. that just means in every area of your life you are totally open. And uh, if if you are uncomfortable with your spouse picking up your cell phone and looking at it at any time they want. Uh, that may be a sign that you're not being open with your spouse and honest and naked with your spouse in all areas of your world. So that needs to happen. That's true. And, uh, you know, if you're not talking and you're not having regular conversations, you're not learning what each other's needs are and you're not learning what each other's likes and dislikes are because those things change over time. Um, so talk. 
got to talk in your marriage. Some of my favorite conversations are 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 about questions that I ask are about when you were young. You and I met very young, so I've known you all of your life. We've known each other forever. It feels like right forever. <laughs> um, but but uh, and so sometimes I have to go back and go. All right, so so did you get in trouble in junior high or elementary school times when I didn't actually know you back then? And so. Those were all things that, uh, that's fun for me to learn about you, new things that I didn't know. So, uh, and I'll just tell you in case you want to know, I never got in trouble mm. when I was a kid. Never got in trouble. No, just thought I'd throw that out there. Mm. Um, another way that's extremely healthy to help affair proof your marriage is don't compare your marriage to everyone else's. Um, most of the time, if the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence, it's, it's just because, you know, you're not seeing all of their yard. That's you right. know, uh, they're showing you the best part. <laughs> that's, that's you know, I, I told somebody the other day that their grass just looked so pretty and green, and and he laughed and he said, "Well, it's mostly weeds, but as you know, from the street, all I could see was was pretty green grass, and I was not seeing the weeds that were that were hiding there in the yard. So yeah, there you go. There may be a lot of weeds in a marriage, and all you're seeing is the green. So, so don't compare your marriage to somebody else's. Be cautious about comparing them to unrealistic things. We are big fans of, I love, I love romantic comedies. Uh, I'll just go ahead and confess that to the world. Uh, not a lot of men will admit, admit that, but I love romantic comedies. Uh, I love Hallmark Christmas movies. Those are just the best. I, I absolutely love it when Jim and Pam finally started loving each other on the office and, and dating. I mean, I was just a little bit teary sitting there in the chair when they finally was, you know, he's just like, ah, yes. Uh, and, and so I love that kind of thing. But understand, that's TV. That's unrealistic. Um, marriages aren't always like Hallmark movies. Uh, marriages aren't always like romance novels or romantic comedies. And so be cautious that you're not comparing your marriage to theirs. Um, and, and, and anybody else, you know, even on Facebook, uh, you know, people are going to show their best. And sometimes people may look at the Morgans and go, man, they just travel and they do so much and they hang out together. We haven't always done that. You know, we've had small kids and there have been years where we didn't get to go anywhere or do much because we were mom and dad. And so uh, you may be at a different stage in your marriage than we are. And so be patient with that and, and try not to compare on that. That's uh, establish healthy boundaries. And, and that's really important. Boundaries, you know, we, we put locks on our doors. We put locks on our, our car doors. Or we bring their keys in and don't lock our keys in. So we, we have boundaries that, that, that keep things safe. Mm -hmm. uh, we teach our kids about stranger danger. I mean, we just, that's all healthy. Our fences around our yard. Yes. So keep our pets safe. Yes. And so do the same thing with your marriage. Set some boundaries, some goals. Be cautious about... Uh, not letting yourself get in a situation that's going to be unhealthy. You know, we've always tried to have a rule that we didn't spend alone time with people of the opposite sex. You know, we were always in a group or with somebody or something else. And um, that's, always, that's, that's worked well for us. I know there are other people that you may be in a business, uh, you may be a, the boss of people, and you may have to have somebody in your office, or you may have to take a car trip with somebody to a business meeting. But, uh, you know, just keep those boundaries up. Keep yourself professional. Be very, very cautious about what you share with someone of the opposite sex, about your spouse, about your marriage. Um, you know, one of the best things you can do is, is talk all the time about 
you know, me and my spouse, me and my, my husband, me and my wife, my wife and I. Um, let the world know you're married. Again, we're jumping ahead on a podcast, yeah. but uh, set healthy boundaries. And let the world involve know. your spouse. If you have to work with someone of the opposite sex, then then make sure your spouse and that person are acquainted with each other as well. Maybe go to lunch, you know, all of you go to lunch together. Um, be, be very open and honest with your spouse about your you know, whatever relationship you may have in the workplace or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's a healthy thing to do. So just just have good, just good boundaries uh, with everything. Social media. Um, we try to post often about, uh, man, I, I love throwing up pictures of my wife and talking about how awesome she is. I want the world to know I'm I'm happily married. And uh, so, so just set those boundaries with the world. Um, also, evaluate your vulnerabilities. Uh, where are some areas that you may, uh, you know, just look back and ask your spouse, is there anything that I'm doing that might make you uncomfortable? Is there anything that I might be doing personality traits that may set us up for, for something wrong? Personally, I can kind of think of one right here that I have had personally to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, very outgoing, very, very friendly. Uh, sometimes I don't, I don't realize how friendly I am, if that's a good way to put mm-hmm. it. And, and there have been times in the past that we have both said, and you've kind of pointed out, and I've appreciated that you've said, be cautious about being overly friendly with someone of the opposite sex because they may see that as flirting. Mm-hmm. And because that's and that's just my it's personality. It's your personality to be that way, but it, you know, somebody that is in a vulnerable situation that you might be uh, talking to or counseling with or, or anything um, could just take your friendliness as something totally that you don't mean it to be. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I compliment people. I'm a, I'm a good cheerleader, and I have stopped. Uh, as silly as this sounds, you may think it sounds crazy, and we're weird, and that's okay. This works for us. But I, I honestly, um, I will compliment my wife every day on how beautiful she is, or how she looks, or what she has on. But I will not compliment another woman saying, "Oh, you look so pretty today," or whatever it is, because that's. That's her husband's husband's place, place, and uh, I don't want to do anything to, um, you know, make her think, oh, I need to wear this more often, or whatever it is. No, that's true, and And, and we've seen people who have been in marriages that are struggling where they're not getting the praise and their compliments from their spouse, and maybe they are getting them, you know, in the workplace or wherever, and from somebody else, and, uh, you know, we've seen affairs start. From that happening, so yeah, absolutely. That I, I think it's wise to to not go around complimenting people of the opposite opposite sex on their appearance and things like that. Just be very cautious yes. about things along those lines. So uh, those are just all boundaries, silly little boundaries that you you may want to call silly, but are very important in that. So they these really are, are some ways to affair proof your marriage, and you'll notice in here all of these are action things, things you do. You don't, no, nobody ever goes into their marriage going, and I don't think anybody ever goes into an affair going, I think I want to have an affair. Yeah. It, it just gradually it's very happens. very gradual. And you have to pay attention to the signs and what's going on around you uh, so that you don't fall into temptation. Um, 
marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed be kept pure. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. And then I love Proverbs 5, verse 19. Uh, and this is uh, Solomon talking to his his boys, and 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 I can I can imagine in my head they're young, and and he's saying, look, as your spouse gets older and as you get older, don't go looking for something new and an upgrade when it comes to your spouse. Love what you've got. And he says in in verse nineteen, your spouse is a loving deer, a graceful doe. May her breasts always satisfy you, and you may may you ever be intoxicated with her love. And I love that. It's like. Why would I want to go out looking for something else when I am intoxicated with what my spouse has? That's right. You, you, more than likely, you've got a good thing at home, and so you need to nurture that relationship and keep it healthy. There you go. There you go. Um, can you think of anything else, Miss Morgan? Well, I think we covered a lot of material. We did. To give people uh, something to chew on and think about, and hopefully they will put... A lot of those things into practice. Yeah, give some thought. Yeah, we may have touched on something that you that you may be thinking. You know, I'm kind of guilty of that right now, and I need to stop or something. And so um, sometimes I will tell you this. Sometimes if if we ever say something or if somebody else says something that kind of rubs you the wrong way or gets under your skin or kind of makes you mad a little bit, sometimes that's a sign that maybe they've said something you need to take notice of. Right. Um, because I'm that way sometimes. Sometimes my wife will say something and it'll kind of make me mad, and I and and really it makes me mad because she can see through me and see what I really need to do. And, um, yeah. And so it works that way sometimes. So thank you for joining us. We're honored that you come our way and hang out with us. Uh, we'll be back on here on Wednesday. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to go back and talk a little bit about sex. Very, our, our number one podcast we've done so far was the one that we were talking about married sex. Okay. And, that's a popular so topic. So we're going to talk a little bit about frequency next yeah, week, I guess. Yeah, there you okay. go. We're going to have a little fun with it. And we are excited that you joined us. Hope you'll come back and hang out with us again next week. We will see you then. Bye, everyone. See y'all. You're listening to another outstanding edition of the Stronger Marriage Podcast with your hosts, Trey and Lee Morgan.